Welcome back to the second episode of Sustainalytics Sustainable Finance Solutions podcast, which aims to deliver piping hot insights on the latest news and developments in the sustainable finance space globally. In each episode, we break down the latest transactions, product trends, regulatory changes, and more importantly, connecting the dots, sharing insights on what's happened, why, and what this means for future deals and activity. This episode is hosted by Nick and Cheryl, who lead the sales effort in Asia-Pacific. As you may know, Sustainalytics is a leading global provider of ESG research and ratings. The Sustainable Finance Solutions team works closely with banks, underwriters, and corporate issuers on sustainable finance transactions. Enough about us, let's hop right to it. Since our last episode, the coronavirus, which started out mainly limited to China, has expanded beyond Asia, with new fatalities in South Korea, Italy and Iran. The virus has killed more than 2,700 and infected more than 81,000 people as of the end of February. Nigel Green, CEO of DeVere Group, said that investors were caught off guard by the serious and far-reaching economic consequences of the coronavirus, hitting global supply chains, economies, and ultimately government coffers too. The VIX index, which measures broad market volatility, spiked through last Monday and Tuesday, its trading session to its highest level since December 2018. It will be really interesting, Cheryl, to see from a sustainable finance perspective how this uh, coronavirus impacts the markets. There'll probably be a slowdown of issuance, but hopefully a lot more issuance to uh, come through uh, in later quarters this year as the market hots up again. And it will really, um, I think, highlight some of the social and health aspects of countries and the resilience uh, and the setups that they uh, that they have for things like this happening possibly more frequently in the future. So look, our, our hearts... And minds go out to those and thoughts to those impacted by this. Fingers crossed everyone's staying safe uh, and continues to, to be well. In other green news, we saw a slew of data releases in 2019 with the publication of CBI's State of the Market Report and Environmental Finance's Annual Sustainable Bonds Report. Nick, can you give us a quick summary of what was covered in these reports? Yeah, they're both really good reports and I would highly recommend reading both of those. Given that we covered a lot of things in relation to the green bond market in the first uh, podcast episode, I won't go too much uh, into that again and really just look at some of the highlights and forecasts that have come around uh, from various bodies and institutions since those reports were released. And particularly, I noted Moody's forecast for approximately $400 billion in green bonds uh, over this year. Climate Bonds Initiative is suggesting greater than 350. Some of these were made before the extent of the coronavirus has sort of impacted on the, the global economy. But I think what that uh, bodes well for is a, is a lot more issuance uh, over, uh, over this year. And in particular, the Environmental Finance uh, Annual Report looked at some of the second party opinion providers, and we were fortunate enough to be uh, and continue to, to lead on the um, key market share uh, for second party opinions and also for climate bond initiative uh, certification. So uh, hopefully some, uh, some really good further growth in the markets to be experienced this year. Also, Sustainalytics had published its annual 10-4 series. 10 investment themes to look out for in 2020 to create impact. Have you read this report yet, Nick? I certainly have. I've read it a couple of times and also listened to the podcast, which I, rec- I would re- highly recommend to our, uh, to our listeners. Really, the, the report covers 10 key themes and is broken down into four areas, scaling big tech, health and society, ecosystem stewardship, and also mitigating climate change. And the really interesting thing for me, Cheryl, in reading it was 
um, the extent to which a lot of these themes connect to what we're seeing in the sustainable finance bond and loan uh, transactions. So just a couple of highlights from there under the big tech, um, 5G being the new digital backbone. So a lot of activity potential in the ICT markets, as we also talked about in the in the uh, first podcast, health and society, things like slow fashion and, and consumers demanding more sustainable products and, and looking at a lot of the companies looking at their uh, their supply chains and, and how sustainable some of the materials they're using in production. Uh, ecosystem stewardship, shape up or ship outs, a really interesting one on shipping and some of the changes there. And then mitigating climate change, um, the game changer, you know, batteries, um, for renewable energy and also big uh, big transitions for uh, for big oil. So some really important themes in that report, and I think it brings together a lot of things that we're seeing in the uh, in the market. All right, moving on to our next segment, Nick, can you share some interesting transactions that took place over the end of January, February, twenty twenty? So it's been a really interesting period and month, and uh, lots to uh, lots to choose from in, in terms of highlights. But just a couple to mention: I really like the Toyota Motor Corp transaction in the uh, in the US, and that um, really focused on electric vehicles and some of the hybrids and the different models being used there. And also in terms of uh, some of the other indicators used um, to work out whether some of those vehicles were. Uh, eligible or not in terms of the green space uh, and had some references to smog indicators and other things. So really interesting development there. Fraser's Property also uh, issued and did some loans and bonds in uh, in Australia. And the interesting thing about that transaction was, uh, even though it was a bond, the framework for that also included a, um, a section on um, sustainability linked link loans, which is generally we, we don't see that in, in the market. They're generally quite separate, the sustainability link loans versus the bonds. So that was an interesting development. Uh, Vena Energy, one of the first or the first Singapore uh, corporate to issue a US dollar denominated bond in the, in the renewable energy space. And also a really interesting couple of structured transactions. One of them, the RBS through NatWest, a synthetic securitization deal, which shifted the risk of a lot of the credit risk they're holding against um, a number of renewable energy loans uh, that they have on the on their balance sheet and selling the credit risk to to some external investors. I think Macquarie was involved uh, in organising that, which enabled NatWest or will it enable NatWest to recycle more capital and, and, and put that back into lending activity in the renewable space. So that's great to see. Another structured transaction, which we will go into in future podcast episodes, is in relation to an insurance linked security or a green insurance linked security, uh, and that was issued by uh, by Generali, um, and is quite a structured uh, quite a structured trade around uh, risk risk transfer as well. So I think more structured products, uh, possibly with a green label coming up in the uh, in the market, and there was also a number of articles about tokenization or blockchain technology or distributed ledger technology being connected to bonds, and then also recording. And measuring and reporting and impact and having more disclosure of those. So it'd be interesting to see how some of those trends come into uh, being used in, in bonds for, to drive efficiencies and also particularly for, for green bonds and social bonds and sustainability bonds where tracking proceeds and some of that transparency is particularly important. A couple of other things to mention as well is we saw some new products come to, uh, to market. So HSBC uh, launched a green deposit product in the UK and Singapore markets, uh, geared and focused on their, their corporate customers. So that's great to see another uh, and more and more products uh, labeled green and really f- focused and financing some of the green developments 
uh, come come to market. And also an interesting one from DBS, who converted a significantly sized guarantee facility for a company called Siemens Gamesha, which is a renewable energy company. So the the uh, guarantees and procurement as part of that are changing to a a green guarantee a green guarantee line. So. Couple of really interesting product developments, in addition to a whole mixture of of interesting uh, transactions done over the recent period. And anything on transition? Yeah, transition. So it was a really interesting month for transition. And as we highlighted last month, I think twenty twenty is the year. We've kicked off a new decade, and I think we've seen and will see more of a step change in sustainable finance, as all of the things we've been talking about, particularly in the ep- first episode of the podcasts, and and also today. Uh, there's going to be more intensification of of some of these uh, some of these trends, but particularly on transition uh, bonds, I saw uh, a framework actually released from a a UK gas company called uh, called Cadent, and that's a very interesting uh, very interesting read. And I'd encourage our listeners to have a bit of a look at the different types of things that are proposed to be uh, financed under uh, under that. And there was also an interesting article on the called the Dirty Cousin on uh, Bloomberg, I believe, which is just gives evidence to furthermore a bit of a debate growing around transition versus pure green. Um, and I think that that's a really healthy debate to have. Hopefully, we'll see more uh, we'll see more transactions in the uh, in the market uh, and some different things being uh, financed. So we're really looking forward to seeing the developments in transition over the course of the year. Very nice. What about the green loans and sustainability linked loan space? Anything notable there? Yeah, so green loans, not not a whole lot of, of key highlights this uh, this month. In terms of sustainability linked loans, there's been a whole bunch of transactions and different things done. Uh, the first one to note is actually for a bond, um, and that was for Sydney Airport. So congratulations to Sydney Airport who have done the first um, US private placement uh, bond with a sustainability link. Uh, which actually links to the rating we provide um, called the ESG risk rating for, for Sydney Airport, which drives the coupon movements up or down uh, going uh, going forward. So that was great to see. And it sort of begs the question too, um, I'm not quite sure why we haven't seen some of the, call it more the usual green social sustainability structures without coupon um, links on the, on the coupons. And I think that's something we will see going forward in addition to more sustainability linked uh, linked bonds. I really liked an article that I saw called Toys or Weapons in relation to sustainability link loans. And that really just evidences more of the debate uh, with banks that, that's being had about how you define ambition, what's the best set of criteria, KPIs, external rating to define the targets for, uh, for a transaction. Um, and the scrutiny on those is good um, and will continue to, to grow and we'll see more ambitious transactions going, uh, going forward. Another transaction I really liked was the Clarion deal in the in the UK, um, and the reason I liked that or the insight from that one is that it was linked to their an affordable housing um, association, um, and the KPI on that sustainability link loan was related to the employment levels or tenants actually obtaining obtaining jobs, and it's good to see a social element of the E, the S, and the G. Environment, social governance being um, being used um, to underpin some of those uh, some of those transactions. There was also a few articles about uh, the mining sector and and their interest in sustainability link loans, uh, plus a few other ones for uh, for Telefonica, uh, Britvic, uh, and also a really interesting one for for Maersk on the shipping side. So I think um, similar to last month, we're going to see more and more in the shipping uh, the shipping space and and aviation. 
uh, space as well with JetBlue transaction being done just a few days ago uh, as well. So lots happening in the sustainability link loan space. And while we're talking about corporates, for the past month, did you see any new corporates make any pledges or commitments lately that we should be excited about? Yeah, some interesting announcements over that space. Probably the one that caught my eye the most was RBS and their ongoing commitment or the the recommitment to cutting fossil fuels in the, in use and in their customers and, and portfolio and being climate positive by 2025. And it got me thinking again about uh, the work that ING's done on their Terra program and having trajectories of emissions across their key segments of their portfolio. And I think that's a really uh, great piece that's, that's been released. So probably more banks announcing different types of ambitious um, targets and what they're going to measure and focus on going forward. A couple of other articles that, that really leapt off the page to, to me as well were, and particularly this one I loved, was the about a the new leader on climate change at organisations being the CFO. And we see that lots of really forward-looking CFOs working with treasuries, business, and also sustainability teams around sustainable finance transactions. So that was interesting uh, to read. And a bunch of articles about uh, leadership and supply chain. Uh, so I, I think we'll see going forward possibly some more green supply chain type financing, some sustainable financing um, or sustainable supply chain financing uh, as more corporates try and demonstrate or not only demonstrate, but drive um, sustainability or more sustainable practices through their procurement cycles and particularly supply chain, which in many cases, the emissions and some of the issues in their businesses related to ESG are actually more profound in the supply chain versus their direct company. So that's a really good development to see. And anything interesting happening with the sovereigns this month? Not as not as many announcements as the uh, as the previous months, but the things continue to happen. There's a few articles about the green possibility of green guilt still in the UK. Um, some interesting transactions in the municipal market in the US, which is you know very sizable, and also AFD uh, possibly doing something uh, again. The French uh, French development agency. Shall we move on now to quickly scan the changing regulatory landscape? Yeah, so on the regulatory uh, front, it's always uh, lots lots happening there. Um, the first one just to highlight is the Climate Bond Initiative released their public cons- consultation period on their agriculture criteria which is a really interesting and detailed read. And that's hot on the heels of the waste management criteria that were released actually in final version uh, in December. So some really good work uh, ongoing from Climate Bond Initiative and I'd encourage our listeners to to look into the details of those very well put together uh, documents. The MAS, there's been some articles on continuing to do some uh, or look at a range of measures for climate risk and and things like uh, stress testing. So that'll be interesting to see the impact that has on some of the banks going forward. Um, I believe there's some standards coming out for collateralised green bonds in Europe, so we might get our European colleagues to update us on that uh, from the European Covered Bond Council going forward. And probably the most interesting thing I noticed um, over recent weeks was a really great report. It's over 100 pages, so it's quite detailed, by the BIS, the Bank for International Settlements, about green swan events. And just looking at the role that um, and expectations on central banks to have to to drive and show leadership in the whole area of climate resilience, climate risk, and integrating that into the way that um, financial systems are regulated and, and and considered going forward. So a really good report there, and a really good insight into some of the some of the mindset of the regulators and certainly central banks in relation to some of these issues. 
Certainly. Thanks, Nick. For this episode, we've also invited our sales colleagues in Amsterdam and New York to give us a short on-the-ground update on what is happening in their part of the world. SFS Director Jean-Claude, who leads the EU team, reports on the latest developments of the EU taxonomy. Thank you, Cheryl and Nick. So about the latest developments in the, in the region here, I, of course, need to start with a recent release end of last week on, on March the 5th of March by the European Commission's Technical Expert Group, the TAG on Sustainable Finance. Uh, they released the final recommendations on the EU taxonomy and its updated proposal for the EU Green Bond Standards. Uh, so these upcoming EU Green Bond Standards will be relating to the EU taxonomy and will really pave the way for common understanding for all market participants about what activities can be labeled as green and help transitioning to a climate neutral economy by 2050. So by providing updated sustainability criteria for over 70 economic activities, the EU taxonomy helps investors identify what investments are sustainable and what investments are not. Uh, I often get the question whether Sustainetics can really opine against the EU Green Bond standards. So not yet, as there are still a few steps to be taken by the EU before full adherence to the EU Green Bond standards, before it can be formally, formally assessed. So most importantly, there is not yet an accreditation scheme in place. So compliance with the Green Bond standards requires an assessment by an accredited verifier. And will probably be a, a year or so before this is fully um, in place. Second topic I would like to touch on is the growing focus by issuers on external uh, ESG ratings in the region, where, of course, Sustainetics plays an important role. Uh, for the last decade or so, the real push came from the investment community side, and I think the coming decade will be the one where corporates will be focusing on sustainability and non-financial topics, more, more broadly speaking. We're seeing a significant increase in the ratio of corporates providing feedback to our ESNG analysts, right, when we update the, the, the report. And I think this is just the, the, the beginning. And more disclosure and engagement from issuers sets the base for ratings to be of even more better quality. Um, so as you know, Sustainetix has developed corporate licensing solutions for corporates. And one trend I'm noticing here is very interesting. So the early movers in, in the space uh, really did it at the beginning to tie the rating to a sustainable financial instrument, such as sustainability linked loans. Uh, but what we see now on the market is as most of the demand comes from corporates who want to be able to leverage the rating for marketing and communication purposes. So that's very interesting. That's a trend we had expected, but it's coming faster than, than planned. Uh, and maybe to finish off on a few uh, recent deals in the region I thought are interesting, I wanted to, to mention the River Green Finance, which focuses on green buildings, but has an interesting securitization side uh, to the deal. And, and maybe prime capital uh, ideas. So where we provided to them an opinion on uh, the energy infrastructure fund. So it's not a, a, a bond. So that's very interesting. And where the focus was really on the investment policy and selection of the assets of the of the of the infrastructure fund. So we might see more of similar deals going forward. So interesting to see this uh, this developing. Um, yeah. Thank you. Back to you, Cheryl. Many thanks, JC. Over to you now, Paramjot. Any interesting deals to highlight in the Americas? Thanks a lot, Cheryl. Thanks for having me here today. So from the Americas side, I think it'd be great to begin with the 
uh, United States, as as I am a New York based. I think in in uh, at the start of 2020, we've seen a great amount of uptick in the U.S. corporate interest for green social and sustainability bonds. I mean, you know, some of the the earlier ones like Starbucks and Apple, we all know about them. Um, but at the start of 2020, we got to see the first insurance provider, such as Prudential, issue a green bond. Um, we saw an apparel company, VF Corporation, uh, issue a bond, as well as uh, a, the food products distributor, uh, Cisco, issue a bond. And of course, there was, uh, you know, Pepsi at the end of 2019 who had issued a bond as, as well. So overall, in terms of the U.S. corporate interest, you know, leveraging that green or sustainability label to highlight their broad, broader sustainability strategy is, you know, a fairly attractive option. And I think we'll, we'll continue to see the growth uh, throughout uh, 2020. Um, on the topic of U.S., um, of course, the sustainability link loan market is, you know, fairly large in, in both uh, EMEA and APAC. And what we're seeing in the United States is a lot of these, you know, European-based banks, their New York teams are now interested in putting in place sustainability link loan programs. So at the start of this year, we did see, you know, quite a number of corporates entering into these types of transactions. And, you know, one one of the ones that we even worked on Crown Holdings and International Seaways. Um, these are some of the companies that are, you know, actively looking for banks to provide sustainable link loan financing, so that you know they're able to make that link with with their uh, broader sustainability commitment. So, so overall, I think we'll we'll see a, a great amount of uptick in the U.S. corporate interest and uh, throughout the throughout the year. Um, on the Latin America side, last year was a bit of a slower year for green social and sustainability bond issuances. But I think this year, the financial institutions across Latin America are actively moving forward with their uh, green or sustainability labeled issuances. So we will see a quite amount of uh, you know, news coming out in, in the coming months on that side. Um, but Apart from issuances, I think one of the key differentiators that we're seeing in, in the Latin America market is really the growth of ESG overall. So a lot of companies who are, you know, hearing about ESG in, in, the, in the global market, they are now contacting us and, and trying to understand how they can be you know, evaluated on on their broader firm level ESG performance. Um, what are some of the metrics that we look at? So I think the the overall kind of growth of ESG and that type of knowledge base in Latin America is uh, is is growing, and you know it, it's a very positive signal for for the growth of the region in, in the coming years. So that I think that's it from the America side for today, and hopefully we'll have, you know, we will be covering Canada in the upcoming episode. And to cap off, Nick, any interesting headlines in Asia? Yeah, just a few brief ones to mention, uh, Cheryl. So uh, a couple of green loans done in Myanmar. Uh, UOB announced an interesting solar ecosystem program in Thailand. Plenty happening in the Philippines and even the Securities Commission urging uh, more uh, Philippines-based issuers to to accelerate issuance. Um, Some more activity in India. And something I really noted was an article on Latin America and green bonds selling like ice cream. So plenty happening across the globe, different markets, and even mention of the Caribbean in that uh, particular article. So plenty, uh, plenty happening and look forward to seeing further developments across different geographies going forward. Thanks, Nick, and everyone who participated in this month's episode. All right, folks, that's about all the time we have for this week. Well, if you made it to the end and enjoyed listening to us, do stay tuned for our next episode. In the next episode, we look to share more insights on our soon-to-be-launching transition criterias. 
Show notes to this episode can be found on our website. Do also follow us on our LinkedIn and Twitter at Sustainalytics and send any questions or feedback our way. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time. 